0: Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. Hey, Reggie, we ready to go, sir? All right. Let's get the show on the road. <clears throat> The instrument is in pretty good shape today. I'm feeling a little nasal, a little nasal, not much. Hopefully I can hide it with some tricks of the trade. (laughs) Okay, you ready to go? Good. Everything all set? I like where the levels are. Keep them there. I'll give you the um, three S's and the countdown. You give me the music, I'll give you a podcast. All right. Put it in the book. Uh, Three of a kind today. Podcast number three of a kind and three threes, even better. Three of a kind and it's all threes, so that's cool. Number 333, all right? Here we go. Star Smile Strong, three, two, one. Hey, it's Elton Jim Toronto and this is Captain Podtastic. And welcome to another episode of Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic. Every Monday, a new episode is posted at WGNRadio.com or wherever you go to find your favorite podcasts. We are there. Where else would we be? Don't forget to subscribe and rate this podcast. And most importantly, get out there and tell the world about it. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your family, tell anybody who listens to a podcast that your favorite podcast is Elton Jim's Captain Podcastic, and it should be theirs too. That loyalty, that devotion, that get-up-and-go attitude, uh, can't be duplicated, can't be measured. Thank you so much. If you like what you hear, don't forget, go to WGNRadio.com, hit the podcast section prompt and the prompt for this specific podcast and you will find tons of podcasts in there that go way back. Just keep hitting scroll down, scroll down, scroll down, scroll down. I always say it's good to know where we've been so you know where we're going. So get up to date when you have a couple of free hours here and there, but don't forget, Every Monday, stay as up-to-date as you can. You can't get much more up-to-date than right now. Episode 333. So I thought it was interesting this week, or last couple of weeks actually, um, when I've been looking at some of the headlines, and I'm noticing that... um, some of the bedrocks of our s- culture and our society, and certainly our economy over the last twenty years or so, almost the tech companies, namely the social media and and um, and uh, you know computer engine companies like Google and Facebook that really just exploded in growth and popularity are going through what every company, big or small, seems to go through. And it's interesting that it's happening now. I've been saying this um, in quite a few Podcast that we, I've been saying this for for several years, many, many years, even before I started doing the podcast, um, you could tell that uh, our society was going through and now has been going through a lot of change on many levels, and it's a very uncertain time. And uh, there's not much you can do about it. We have to go through the day living with that uncertainty and the best we can, trying to find patches of certainty that we can in order to maintain some stability in our daily lives as well as our long term lives. Because we are seeing a lot of change happening very quickly, some out of the blue some long time coming, and um, some, some a surprise and some expected. But change is everywhere. And if you're older, it's easier to accept change because if you've been around for a while, you've seen the peaks and valleys that have gone on in daily life and in the world. You have experienced them the longer you've been around. Now, for people, uh, younger people, certainly I would say even under, under 40, it's been a pretty nice run in terms of massive cultural and economic change. I mean, the biggest economic change that we've had was... What the 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 depression when the when the real estate market crashed in twenty oh eight? And even that is fourteen years ago. So if you're, you know, 35, you may have been twenty, you were in college. You were aware of it, but and I'm not saying everybody was in college, but you're just out of high school. Some people are in college, some people are out in the workforce. But um you know, if you're and you're that young, you're in early twenties, 20 years old. Uh, you're still, uh, you know, for most part, many people are still depending on their parents. And some people today in their forties and fifties are still depending on their parents. But um, you know, what's going on in the world, in the bigger part of the world, uh, even from, from financial from a financial standpoint, doesn't really affect you. You understand what's going on, but uh, if you're still being uh, financially supported by your parents, um, you don't really feel it maybe as much or don't understand the consequences as much. But now, 15 years later or so, um, you know, you've probably built a life for yourself. You've got rent or a mortgage and you've got bills to pay and Planes to catch. <laughs> Thank you, Harry Chapin. Um, and so suddenly, uh, all this stuff does affect your life and your lifestyle. And if you're old enough, you've you've seen it um, happen because it does happen cyclically. It, it is it is a reoccurring thing. Sometimes it takes a little longer. Sometimes it takes some shorter, but it does happen. And so if you've lived a longer life, if you're in your 50s or 60s or 70s, you've seen economics uh, and, and cultural changes and ups and downs and ebbs and flows and peaks and valleys. And so you don't necessarily look forward to them, but you're also, uh, it's not catastrophic. You, you, you come to understand how you can deal with this if it's an economic thing you have to you know cut down and and do without for a while until things get better culturally um you either have to you know you can either stand by your guns and and say i'm not changing or you begin to slowly try to understand the change the need for change understand the the viewpoints of the people that are promoting that change and then it's up to you to decide whether you think you can support that change or at the very least at least accept that change and go go along your, with your life but for a, a new a younger generation that hasn't had to do that it's uh, it's kind of a culture shock in many ways and i think you know for the millennials And even, uh, to some extent, the Generation Z, which are now clipping on the heels of the millennials in terms of age as well as influence, certainly influence, um, this is a new thing. Uh, We've got a generation and a half that pretty much was raised by helicopter parents that were in many cases, <clears throat> not all I'm not saying all, but in many cases where were uh given what they wanted, they were driven around every place they they if they wanted this new thing or they wanted this new that it was taken care of it, it was given to them, and so there was a lot of expectation and entitlement that happened there and so uh there was very you know parents to to the to the kids detriment or uh to some ex- I think it's to their detriment but to to the detriment or to the positive side um you know created a a a, nice, a a bubbled world where they were able to handle everything in it and make sure that their kid um was raised in an uh, in an atmosphere of of not wanting and you might say, "Well, what's wrong with that, Jim? I mean, isn't that the goal of every parent?" Yeah, it certainly is. But it's also important for those parents to to to, to teach lessons of what it's like to not have. And I don't know how much those lessons were 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 uh, were, were, were taught over the last twenty five or thirty five years to kids. So, we're in an interesting situation right now. Not since, from an economic standpoint, it's probably been 15 years or so uh, where things have gotten bad. I mean, right now, the, the stock market is falling. we got interest rates high, you know, twice as high as they used to be. Um, we keep hearing about how the unemployment rates are down, but nobody wants to, nobody's working. I don't know how that works out. <laughs> I don't know how all these places have now hiring signs, Um, but we have a lot of people that are are not working. Everybody's doing gig, uh, you know, temporary gig economy kind of jobs. And I don't know if that bodes well uh, for the country in terms of its economic standpoint is certainly on an individual standpoint. If you keep, you know, if you don't have, uh, you know, 401k and, and health insurance, when you get into your fifties and sixties, you realize how important that stuff was, and how important those jobs you had that provided those things were, and how important it was that you did, uh, you know, take some money out of your paycheck and put it into those things, and uh, and, and, and and you have that nest egg. And I don't know how I don't, I don't know how far ahead people are thinking today. That's what scares me is I don't know how far ahead younger people are thinking in terms of they're thinking about today. And and when you do that that's natural. That's what what young kids always do, but but there also has to be a little at least, a little in your 20s and certainly in your 30s, a little beginning and a realization that you start need to to prepare for the next 30 years and not just the next 30 days. So I think um you know, financially, we're in an interesting point here. There's questions of whether we're we're in a recession or not. We've we've seen record inflation, uh, so it, things are costing more. This whole idea of having to get by with less—if um, you're on your own, I'm, you maybe have to do that. And I don't know how easy that is because if you've had most of your needs taken care of and suddenly they're not you don't know how to handle that you haven't had to handle that that's a that's an oddity and so then all you're you're just complaining about uh things but meanwhile the bills keep coming and uh i think there's a balance you know you certainly want to provide for your kids and give them all the opportunities that you can but you don't want to you don't want to you don't want to uh, to grant every wish because if that's the kind of If that's your reality, when you get out of the outside world, uh, it's a whole different thing. And parents like to think they can, but there's a certain point where they cannot control your world anymore when you get out into it. If you stay in your parents' house, I guess they can. But if you go out on your own looking for a job and things like that, um, your parents can't always tie things up in a tidy knot. And you need to start to learn how to do that on your own. And I, I don't know if there's, I, there may be a whole generation out there that's, that's not really sure how to do that. They're not really prepared. They may be the lamb to the, they may, we have maybe set out a whole generation of the lamb to the slaughter. Thinking that, you know, and, and once again, we're always optimistic in this country and we always think, oh, well, you know, things will always be good. Well, they're not it's a, it's a, it's just a proven historical fact that there are ebbs and flows and peaks and valleys and we're in another valley right now financially certainly and culturally no question about that i don't think the, i don't think this country if not the world now since how everything is so connected but i don't think the world has been this um unstable for 50 years and we've had some tough times in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s and the 90s but so much has changed so fast i mean as we stand here today you know we've got we've got a war going on in ukraine that seems to be run by uh, one one leader with a very narrow focus who's intent on proving he's right does that sound familiar from maybe 70 or 80 years ago? And yet, you know, we, we there was just a great Ken Burns documentary about the U.S. and the Holocaust, and uh, for for the last 70 years since World War II ended and Hitler was defeated, we've, we always say, well, you know, now we know, you know, never forget, right? That, that was the, the message coming out of World War II, while there was great, uh, joy when the world war when the world war was was finally over in 1945, there was a lot of uh, you know relief and joy, I would say, but there was also it was it was it was a little bittersweet because we as as the war ended, um, we started to see the 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 carnage of the Holocaust coming out, the, the pictures and the stories, and we have, and it was a. It was a a war that we won, but my gosh, we lost quite a bit in it, even though we won it. We lost almost an entire civilization, a group of people, and I think, you know, the message has been since then, never forget, and that's why we keep seeing um, the footage of, you know, the Holocaust, and we keep seeing television shows, and we have Holocaust museums, and I've been to a couple of concentration camps personally, including Auschwitz, and uh, it's 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 a tough, tough thing to, to see in person and, and know what happened there. And so that's been kind of the mantra of never forget. But I don't know. Are we forgetting right now? We're in the midst of this? It seems very similar. I mean, I don't think there's a, a genocide going on. But in terms of, of of one leader exerting his control over uh, a certain you know country and land and and threats and by any means necessary kind of view to um, to further and a his own ideology, that's happening right now, and that's what was happening then and we'd always say oh well that you know the next time if there's ever another hitler we'll, we'll 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 you know stamp that out very quick after we saw what happened here but you know it's been almost a year now and yes we've given arms excuse me we've given arms and to ukraine and other countries have and they've been fighting a very very valiant and in many cases a successful uh fight against the russian army and we still don't know what's going to happen, but you know we didn't we didn't just automatically put this invasion down like you'd think we would have, defining it as another Hitler, right? And say, hey, this this you know this country has no right to invade this country. We saw that happen again. We saw what that led to in in World War II. So we 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 have to stop this right at the. At at the outset, we we didn't do that. Just like America didn't do that before, very isolationist in World War II. It took us a long time. Finally, until we got attacked, did we get in? You know, we didn't come to the aid as much as you know. Now we are we are looked at as the the world's humanitarians. But but. During the, the, the the first years of World War II, we were an isolationist country. We were on the sidelines. People in this country, after having been burned by felt being burned by World War I, said, we're not doing that again. That's their problem. We can't do that anymore. There's no more there. It's all we. We have connected our whole globe together now with the internet and things like that. There is no they. It's us. So we're in the midst of an instability in the world order right now which is scary especially with russia having nuclear weapons we don't know if vladimir putin is serious in his threats but he's got he certainly has the weapons to make the threats i i pray to god that we don't wake up one morning and, and get a headline? I mean, are we just waiting for that headline? That's what scares me. Are we just waiting for that headline? And then say, well, you know, he did say it. He did warn us. Are we just hoping against hope that he's, he would never do that? You know, don't forget, Putin is not a fan of the United States. But at the end of the day, he has and will continue to always remind the world That while we say you cannot use those nuclear weapons, the United States is the only country in the history of the world to have ever used a nuclear weapon. The hydrogen bomb against Japan in 1945. So we have to be careful about our indignation because history is not on our side. It's on our side for the last 70 years in terms of what we've done as a world power and helping other countries around the world to some extent but we cannot take that moment out of our history whether it was it was legitimate or not whether it ended the war quicker than it would have or not all the arguments for it and against it are there but you cannot take it the fact away that we did use it we're the only country to have used it and yet we are the ones that are demanding that other countries can never use it. Well, they look at us and say, hey, <laughs> who are you to talk? So there's a big instability there. Um, look at, look at the, uh, our culture. Uh, you know, in the last 20 years, uh, we have had so many changes. The Internet has completely changed our, our culture social media has completely changed our culture in this country we now have we question our own elections we we had a revolt on our on our capital that wasn't seen in this country since the civil war you think about it in terms of the people actually storming you know the US capital american citizens not these were not You know, these were not enemies from another country. These were people within our country, violently protesting, attacking the seat of our government. They hadn't seen that since the Civil War. As I said, we're questioning our elections now. I mean, we've got an election coming up uh, next month, and I guarantee you that... Whoever wins is going to have to defend that they won, and whoever loses is going to complain that the that the uh, election was fixed. At any level, you're going to hear that now. That's going to be a, a regular mantra. In the past, that, that there was questions, but they were put aside for the good of the country. But now, the questioning of our elections, I believe since 2020 um are going to be a part of every election whether it's at the local level whether it's at the state level and certainly when it's at the uh, at the national or the federal level i guarantee you that's just going to be a part of it and we're going to have to learn how to deal with that you know socially the changes that we've had in the last 15 to 20 years uh most recently obviously the biggest one with uh Roe v. Wade being overturned, huge, huge cultural implications that will that won 't be settled for decades. if we think that this abortion issue is you know if you think it 's been raging for the last fifty years since roe v Wade in one thousand nine hundred and seventy three came down by the Supreme Court, I got news for you. This is not going to be all settled in a in a year. <laughs> The abortion issue is going to remain a, a a major topic for the next forty or fifty years, as each state decides if there's national bans, if there's state bans. This is a can of worms that is pandora 's box that will that will be very difficult to close. this isn 't just a one year thing. oh well, by in another year, everybody, all the states will have decided what they want to do and will go on with their lives. no, no, no. If it took 50 years of people complaining and and wanting to uh, overturn Roe v. Wade, it's going to take another 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 years for this country to decide how they deal with abortion. Mark my words, this is going to be a long battle. And it's not going to be linear. It's not going to be fast. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be long and contentious and uncertain look at the 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 changes in our uh, society in terms of drugs marijuana now legal for 50 years we had a, a war on drugs certainly for 40 years since the 80s with nancy reagan we had a war on drugs Now you can walk down to the dispensary and and buy some marijuana. That would have been unheard of 40 years ago. People were thrown in jail for having less amounts that they can go buy now legally. Huge change in terms of behavior. Gambling. I talked about this a few weeks ago. Gambling. Oh. You know, the bunco squads, the vice squads with our police and in, in our in our in our federal um our federal law agencies like the FBI and the CIA and things like that, cutting down on gambling and alcohol and things like that. Oh now all over television, everywhere you go, you go you can walk into a grocery store, you can walk into a restaurant and play your slots, you can go on your phone and, and bet a thousand dollars on a baseball game. And no one cares. Huge, huge change in our culture and our behavior. In terms of um, homosexuality and its acceptance, I mean, wow, gay marriage? How fast that happened? You say, well, it didn't happen fast, Jim. It's been 200-some years, (laughs) you know, but... In terms of it gaining steam and getting through and being legalized, it has happened very quickly as the homosexual community in this country as well as around the world have, have, have consolidated and pushed forth uh, you know, an equal rights agenda of we, we, we want to be on equal footing in terms of marriage. And it passed, and most people accept that now. But what a huge, huge change in cultural views homosexual marriage interracial marriage my gosh you watch television now every couple is inner is 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 biracial on television especially in commercials 40 or 50 years ago you could get thrown in jail if you married out of your race maybe 60 70 years ago that's not that long ago folks and Till was killed because he he you know allegedly whistled at a white girl. He was he was he was lynched by a mob. That's that's not that long ago. Now it's on our commercials to sell products. That's how mainstream things have gotten. But 40 or 50 years ago that wasn't the case and there was vehement opposition to these kind of cultural things in terms of Racial equality and homosexuality and drugs and and uh, other vices and gambling. And it, it's all happening now. It's all happening. And there's so many other issues with more social help and, and, and the way... Uh, convicts and and people that are accused of crimes are either let out or or, or punished or, or you know incarceration versus law and order and we've seen that with the the George Floyd situation and the police power or lack thereof or too much of it whatever you want to call it these things cut right down to our everyday living and they are all as I'm speaking unstable because there's still some people, as much as I'm saying, there's been this, there's, there's been progress or forward movement on this thing in terms of homosexual, uh, you know, gay marriage or, or, or legal, legalization of drugs or gambling, things like that. There's people that are still against it, still fighting it. Maybe not out on the streets fighting it. Some are, but we're seeing that people are protesting in, in terms of, of, uh, you look at, at some of the, the, the gay marriage things. There's been several, um, Protests uh, in, in different communities where people have wanted to have drag queen kind of events. Either at businesses or even at schools or churches or libraries. And people have come out. We have moved forward, but change and change does happen but it happens very slowly now there's a lot of people in the in this country especially that want change to happen more quickly and i understand that they don't they, what are we waiting for you know i that's their that's their view and it's not it's not a wrong view but when you have 330 million people in a country that is founded on freedom of speech and freedom of thought it's very seldom that you have 330 people all thinking the same way. And right now, we have got patches of different, of different lines of thought. We are, as, and, this, and this is nothing new. I'm not telling anything different, but I'm just kind of laying out a scenario here to get to my, my main point. We all know we are living in a very divisive time right now. And if, if you think it's almost over, no way. See what happens with these midterms, elections, and you'll see the divisiveness rear its its head again. And then for the next two years, that divisiveness is going to be on parade every day as we look for a new president. So this is not over. This could take decades, and I'm not trying to be, you know, Mr. Negative, I'm being Mr. Realistic. I've said that to you many times. The more you face the facts, confront the reality, and find ways to deal with it, as opposed to being in denial, the better you'll be able to withstand it. It might not always be fun. And that's a key word that I want to talk about right now is fun. It might not be fun, but it will be uh, what's the word I'm looking for you you will you will be able it will not might it be fun, but it will be survivable. how's that? And you don't say, well that well survivable isn't fun that's you're just if you say well, I'm surviving, that means you're just getting by. We don't want to just get by well, I know we don't we want to have fun but Surviving is better than not surviving, and through this turmoil, surviving may be the best we can do for a while, and I've said this many times too. From a historical standpoint, if you take, say, the biggest cultural change that happened in the last 60 years was the assassination of John F. Kennedy in 1962. Or I'm sorry, 1963. So almost 60 years now. It wasn't until the mid 80s, about 84, 85, about 22 years or so, that the country sort of got back on track for a while. Financially, I mean, economically. As well as culturally, there was a moment there in the, in the mid-80s, 85, 86, where things seemed okay. There was relative peace around the world. The economy around the world was humping. We had MTV, and, and everybody was, was kind of having fun. Then, uh, 1987, the stock market crashed, and, and then it, here we went again. Then we had Iran cancer in 88, And we were off to the races again. But uh, so even from that standpoint, that took 20 years of Vietnam and the Cold War and the the, the Russian missile crisis and Watergate and the Nixon resignation and high inflation and high interest rates and the iran hostage situation homelessness unemployment the cold war again and then as i said before that that was 20 years of this country so what we have now we have school shootings we have gun we have crime out of hand with gun violence We've got a lot of uh, change going on here. We've got a lot of instability. And we've got a few different generations all converging at the same time with very different views of the world. We've got the baby boomers. I mean, you know, the, the, the World War II generation, they're almost pretty much gone um, there are certainly people in their 90s and 100s that are still alive, but in terms of a a major cultural force, they aren't there anymore. But the baby boomers are, you know, they're still in their 70s, and they're trying to stay around as long as they can. They've been health nuts since the mid-'80s with with, um, with Jane Fonda and works out, workouts. It's because of the baby boomers that, you know, we have – health clubs and, and and working out is a part of people in their teens and their 20s and their 30s regular in their 40s regular lives it's because of the baby boomers they started that believe me 40 or 50 years ago the idea of a health club was not the, 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 you know in the 70s it was it was a it was a thing where only guys went first of all it was most about guys lifting weights it wasn't about nobody was running nobody was you know, it, the, the, uh, the 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 average health club was was archaic it was old machinery that was just there for guys to build up their their muscles that was it nutrition baby boomers brought that i know a lot of younger people say oh the baby boomers just screwed everything up and i don't think the baby boomers sh- should take too many bows to be honest with you but uh but but they're 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 still around and they have done a few positive things But they still remain a force. Meanwhile, you've got the millennial generation, which has big numbers too. And you've got, in today's world, things are going so fast. And the way COVID hit, and I didn't even mention COVID, right, when I was talking about all the instability. We still have COVID. It's going to be three years. Believe me, in March of 2023, we will still have COVID around, folks. It will still be around. It is still around. And that's been the overriding thing over everything. I even forgot to mention COVID, (laughs) which, you know, talk about cultural change and economic change of anything. COVID has been the most impactful, influential in perhaps the, the history of the last hundred years, if not more of shutting down the world's economy, not just a country, the world's economy overnight. And we're still reeling on it. And we had 9-11 and we're still reeling on that. So a lot of instability and and there's not a lot of answers and there's not a lot of uh, solutions. So it's going to take a while, but uh, we've got, several new generations all converging on each other with different viewpoints and they're they're all have their their own uh you know views of what is right and wrong you know what i mean and uh, and, and and generation z which are the teens and the 20s they have they have a new power that generations never had before real real power, more than the baby boomers did when they were coming up in the 50s and 60s. Because of technology, the teenagers and the kids in their early 20s have much more influential power, economic and behavioral and cultural, than any before. And the millennials have the numbers. Now, the millennials got a little knocked out of whack and sort of almost pushed off their pedestal because of COVID. I don't think Generation Z is gonna wait for the nice little passing of the baton as things used to be done. I think Generation Z is going to just is just gonna run right over the millennials. The millennials had their moment and they thought they owned everything and then COVID came and shut everything down and their whole lifestyle was changed and they had to get used to Living without and doing without and not socializing. And it, it changed. They they didn't know how to handle it. And I think the ramifications of that are, are going to be felt by that generation. So we've got the baby boomers hanging on. We've got the millennials who are kind of you know, got, got hit in the head. They're not sure. They're a little they're a little they're a little woozy right now. And you've got the generation Zs who are looking forward and they don't see any they they're just they they think what they like every youthful kind of generation do, what what they think is right they're they're pushing forward at great speeds and I think they're going to they're going to topple the millennials cuz the millennials right now are, are are a little shaky in terms of their confidence and their stability and their ability to to drive the culture. I, I think that we are we are generations we're being guided more by generation Z than we are millennials. Millennials think they are, but they're really not. COVID really had a huge impact on the influence and the power of the millennial generation, I believe. Which gets to what my main point is. <laughs> it's always good to lay down the the groundwork, right? I told you I will always get to my main point sometimes quicker than other times, but I think it was important to lay down this uh to lay down some groundwork to uh, to explain what my main point was as i 'm looking at the the news over the last several weeks and months two of the biggest and revolutionary companies in our country 's history and most uh successful. Google and Facebook, still in their infancy. Certainly Apple is a huge company, but Apple's been around since the, the late 70s and, and, and early 80s. So they're, they're a 40-year-old company. I wouldn't put them into that, uh, into that world. But Google and Facebook, you know, late 90s, early 2000s. So they're still young, and they've had amazing growth. An amazing influence on the entire culture, and they have made billionaires out of um, you know these 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 tech nerds that were sitting in their dorm rooms or sitting in their bedrooms and putting together computer code that changed the world, and that's that's not an exaggeration. Whether it was good or bad, we don't know. The, the you know the we're still deciding that. But for the first time, in their small, brief histories as companies, and yes, twenty years for a company is still brief, especially for a, a you know a big, world-changing company like say Google and and well not Facebook anymore it's called Meta now, but Mark Zuckerberg obviously but we'll we'll, we'll just call it Facebook since. Even though the parent company now is called Meta, let me just use Facebook because it's a well-known term and it's been the name of the company for most of its time. So Google and Facebook, for the first time, are experiencing what every company experiences. There is no company that has ever been Teflon, that has ever been untouched by an economic slowdown. For whatever the reason, there's no question that COVID had a huge impact on every business, every single business, as small as your local restaurant or your local snack shop to as big as companies like Twitter and Facebook and Google. I mean, five years ago, these companies ruled the world making money hand over fist. Their owners and founders were among the richest people in the entire world, in the many billions. But we've seen how COVID changed everything. And since it came out of nowhere, it really did just put a shockwave and these companies that were flying high were not prepared for the almost overnight influence that the business community would feel of the of, of worldwide economies being shut down and the implications of that. So today, with the stock market plunging on a daily basis and interest rates going up and inflation as high as it's ever been in 40 years, We are seeing what we have seen in the past: advertising rates, or you know, dollars. Comp- companies tightening their belts, and Google and Facebook, basically, and Twitter, which is going to be bought out finally for forty-four billion dollars by Elon Musk. The the, the thought that that. Twitter would ever be sold out is is was unheard of five years ago. It's one of the biggest companies in the world. And now they could they, they can't wait to be sold. They can't wait to to just be sold and be done with. <laughs> but every company, whether it's been, you know, Ford when 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 in GM the biggest companies that ran that, that, that ran this country in terms of their economic and revenue power, they all have come under you know economic woes and, and cost cutting things. And this is the first time really that these that these revolutionary tech companies like Google and Facebook have had to confront this. Now, if you remember, in the mid-90s, there was another tech explosion when the internet really first started, when it really started to take hold in the mid-90s. And there was five years there, six years, of amazing economic growth to the point where in the United States, we actually, we were, the economy was cooking so much because of the internet that we actually had a surplus. Do you realize that? People don't really forget that. But in in 19... at the end of the Clinton administration, before George Bush took over, the economic impacts of the tech boom of the late 90s and early in the early 2000s was such that our government had a surplus of money. That's unheard of. All you, all you hear about it and then today, our deficit is in the trillions between the wars, 9-11 and everything else. And then now what's happened with COVID, it's in the in the trillions. But when we act we didn't even have a deficit when it ended. But yes, the tech bubble, as as much as it was driving the economy, it burst. And many of these dot com companies just went away. They grew with amazing speed and once again they made overnight millionaires of certain people, but then the they, they they went away just as quick and in the and the business landscape was littered with with former dot coms this and dot-coms that. And it wasn't until another ten another you know five or six, seven years then when the iPhone came about in twenty oh seven, where everything started to change again. But there's a good seven years where where tech was on was not was not on the front pages anymore. But then it was again, and it's been driving things since the the introduction of the iPhone in 2007 till now, 15 years. And now we're at another serious kind of bubble bursting to the point where we've got Facebook and Google for the first time not spending money, not being the cool place to work. You know, there was, I brought up the word fun before, and, and here's why I, I want to bring it up again. There was a, once again, a false perception that everything in life and work should be and was fun. And we've had, you know, we've had a good, a good ten, fifteen years of fun, being a driving force of things, and then COVID came, and fun isn't really a word that you would uh, talk about. It actually, it it, it eliminated fun because fun is socializing, right? And that, and it, it eliminated fun, and now these companies. Excuse me, I've got a little nasal today. These companies that based their business culture, <laughs> I'm sorry, on fun by building these amazing um, you know, headquarters and giving uh all their workers all these different perks, massages, free food and and you know, endless expense accounts and and you name it and you know, flexible hours and four days off, and and no offices, and and skateboards and whatever. It was kind of like this. It was just like a, one big, you know, daycare center. <laughs> and all these computer programmers and coders were all making money and and going to restaurants, and 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 everything was like, well, this is fun. This is the way. It's like, well, yeah, but and they didn't know any other way in their whole lives they never had to do without they never really you know remember a, a depression even the one in 2008 they were too young for it to really impact them may have impacted their parents but now in 2022 just like it was in say 2001 another bubble is bursting and suddenly jobs are jobs. They're not fun. And these former computer coders and these former nerds who who profess this, oh, this cool place to work and this cool collaborative culture are now having to deal with the same hard nosed decisions that every CEO and every head of every business, old economy businesses, you know, oh, you know, whether it was manufacturing companies or coal or car, whatever it was, all these old economy as opposed to new economy with tech companies and apps and everything like that, two of the biggest economic drivers in the last 20 years for the first time are having to face reality. And face that same bubble, that same cost-cutting reality. When they wanted to become billionaires overnight and became public companies, they were beholden to their shareholders. And that means you can't just play with other people's money anymore. And so we've got the head of Google, the search engine Google, announcing hiring freezes and cost cutting measures and you know readjustments to excuse me sorry how they can how they do their business and the ceo said well you know you can't always equate Fun with money. <laughs> wow. For 20 years, all they've been talking about was creating this, this business culture of fun and paying people crazy amounts of money and giving them perks. And fun was equated with money in the tech world culture. And suddenly, one of the heads of Google, who is one of the richest men on earth, is suddenly sounding like an old economy company, an old economy boss, who's looking at his his employees and saying, well, you know, you're lucky to have a job. And you can't equate fun with money. Wow. If I worked at Google, especially for a long time, I, that would have, that, would, that, that quote would have cut through my heart. And so for the first time, Google is, is act, is having to act like a responsible company and look at budgets and look at cost cutting measures and hiring freezes and, and, and eliminating perks and, and, uh, actually curtailing or examining business expenses and all those things that were so much fun to work at Google, clearly the fun part is going to give way to the reality part. And it's going to be very interesting to see how Google and its employees deal with that because most of their, most of their employees don't know how to deal with that. They've never had to do without They've never dealt with layoffs or hiring freezes. There's always been growth. There's always been more perks and more cool stuff. And now they might not even have, you know, Christmas parties. And all these perks are used to used to that, that, that the company would use to lure them. Those may be gone. So how are they going to motivate their workforce? It's a huge cultural shift for a generation that never had to do without. I'm sorry about being so nasal here today. Um, But it's hard to breathe. (laughs) Um, So how are they going to deal with that? Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg, the face of social media, right? Once again, they're not calling them layoffs but apparently from what I've read it sounds like everybody at or certain levels at Facebook will have to reapply for their jobs and some people may get their jobs back and get other jobs and some people don't And the people that don't won't have a job it's a very unique way to lay people off without calling it a layoff Because that's a dirty word. And and in in Facebook world, they've never laid anyone off. They're always hiring people. Facebook is closing one of their offices in New York on Park Avenue. They had some Park Avenue digs. The, The rent couldn't have been cheap there, but they didn't care at the time. Now they're looking at every line on that expense sheet. How can we save money? It's very interesting to see how the high-flying tech world, once again, that has been driving our economy for so long is now having to do and be like every other company, actually look at expenses and revenue and make layoffs and make hiring freezes and be responsible. The fun and games are over. The millennial generation is going to is starting to have to really grow up. For many years it was a it was a, a verb called adulting. Oh, I'm acting like an adult now. Well, now between jobs and cultural influence, we've got a, a generation that's going to have to grow up pretty soon, pretty quick. And it'll be interesting to see how that happens because that will affect how everything else works. I'm not happy that Facebook and Google are going through economic problems because that means our country's going through economic problems. I'm not happy about it. I'm not saying, ha ha, told you so. But what I am telling you, where I am saying, told you so, is look at reality, look at history. The gravy train doesn't last forever. Anywhere, it never has, and we are in a very turbulent time that's going to last a long time. So it'll be it'll be very interesting over the next several months, over the next year or so. Keep your eyes on the headlines about Facebook and Google and other, and now Twitter. Now that's going to be sold to Elon Musk and other companies tech companies that have been flying high and promoting this fun, carefree, almost frat-like business mantra and business environment, and you're going to see a lot more companies having to become adult companies again, not run by some you know, kind of immature... And, you know, rainbow kind of outlook that everything is always great. I hate to tell you folks. That phrase about, you know, save for a rainy day. It's real. Excuse me, the rainy days always happen. And we're in one right now. And it's interesting to see how we're going to handle it. Does it have to be a downpour or could it be a drizzle? I hope it's a drizzle. But it's raining right now. <laughs> let's let's hope we can make it a drizzle by not being so divisive and not fighting and listening to one another and working together. But there's some harsh realities that we that that many people and, and, and a whole generation haven't had to face before and now they will and now they are and so it'll be very interesting to see how the millennial generation and even the Gen Z generation handle this the baby boomers have seen it before and they've made their plans but we've got a new generation who hasn't had to, who hasn't had to deal with this before and they are driving the train right now and we want them to succeed because we want our country to succeed. And we want to settle all of this turbulence that I've been talking about that's been going on over the last 10 or 15 years, and especially the last two or three years. But we have to do it together and we have to do it maturely and responsibly and we have to do it based in reality. So keep an eye on things for the next year or so as we get closer to yet another presidential election and see just how we handle this. An economic slowdown. A new a, 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 a new world order in terms of wars around the country. We still have, you know, North Korea is still out there with their nuclear weapons too, you know. And China is always a threat. Just trying to lay things out for you in a reality kind of way and also just trying to point something out that even the high-flying tech companies have had to grow up. (laughs) And so ends another episode of Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic. Every Monday, a new episode is posted at WGNRadio.com. Or wherever you go to find your favorite podcast, we are there. And don't forget to tell your friends, tell your family, tell anybody who listens to a podcast that your favorite podcast is Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic, and it should be theirs, too. Your loyalty and devotion is much appreciated. Hope you enjoyed episode number 333. I'm Jim Toronto, I ain't here on business, I'm only here for fun. You've been listening to Alton Jim's Captain Podtastic from the end of the web to your screen.